The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how you can track and improve your virality and word of mouth marketing. Joining us is Will Fraser, who is the co-founder and CEO of Sasquatch. Sasquatch is a powerful loyalty, referral, and rewards platform built to strengthen your community of advocates and accelerate your revenue growth. Yesterday, Will and I talked about scaling and tracking word of mouth marketing. And today we're going to continue our conversation talking about the use of positive reinforcement in your marketing messages. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Will Fraser, co-founder and CEO at Sasquatch. Will, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Ben. Excited to have you back. Hey, you know what I like about you most? When we first met, it was about 25 minutes ago. When I asked you how you were doing, your first response was, today's a good day. I'm happy. Things are good. And it's just been a weird, it's a little over a year now for everyone. You're Canadian. You're naturally positive and polite. But most people are like, huh, I'm all right. It's okay. And being positive really makes a difference to who you're talking to and who you're working with. I appreciate that about you. And I think you know something about how that fits in your marketing Talk to me about why being positive makes a difference in your marketing. First disclosure, I'm not a behavioral psychologist here by any means. I'm an engineer masquerading as a marketer. But, you know, I think we can all relate to that time where we had a wonderful customer service interaction. Someone smiled, someone gave us a little chocolate or a treat at the end of our meal, and it just made us feel a little better. And oddly enough, it actually, if we were at that restaurant, made us tip a little higher. So... When we as a person are interacting with a company today, you know, the company's in my pocket, the company's in my inbox, the company is essentially more connected to me than probably my kids or my wife, sadly enough. So when that company brings that same level of positivity to us that maybe that waiter did, we just build that positive dopamine hit. We want to get it again. And yeah, we are willing to do that with companies. Your answer to my question brings up a story that it was actually the biggest tip I've ever left in my life. So I go to a restaurant, Park Tavern in San Francisco, one of my favorite restaurants, and my wife and I sit down with our other friends, another couple, and we start ordering. We start talking to the people next to us, and the woman's cat had died. She was really sad, and so we decided that we, this was in our 20s, we're going to buy her a shot to try to get over it. 
and we continued to have a nice conversation. The bartender came over and heard the story and realized that we were being nice. So he just started bringing us food and drinks. And then this woman whose cat died's friend came over. Turns out he was a high profile venture capitalist and he picked up our entire meal. It was like four people, food and drink all night long. We could hardly see at the end of the meal. And the bartender was like, all right, guys, thanks so much. And I was like, well, we got to leave you a tip. Like you took care of us. And so I left the guy a hundred bucks because our meal was going to be $300. It was a really great meal. And every time I went back to that restaurant, that guy remembered me and took good care of me. And I always left him a nice tip. And it started the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Moral of the story is when you have a nice experience with someone, you remember it and want to re-engage with them. So talk to me about how you're building in that, hey, this guy, you know, comped me my food for a night or brought me some extra deviled eggs. How do you build that into your marketing efforts? So when you're looking at that, our experience is to start looking at who are those customers that you want to bring back. And there's some really easy ways that we can start. You just said you've got a customer, they're a good customer, you want to bring them back. How does that positivity happen? Well, the simplest one for us is just thank them. You've got customers that are renewing. We all get the notices or most of us get the notices now saying you're going to renew in 30 days in your subscription or whatever it might be. When was the last time you as a company said, hey, thank you very much. This is your 12th month of being a customer. I just want to put a little treat in it for you. Your 12 month renewal or your month to month consumer subscription. Hey, thanks a bunch. Here's a cup of coffee. Like it doesn't actually have to be an overly hard idea, but it's just looking at like, what are the key behaviors that we're trying to drive? And when can we take a moment and be a human about it? right? If you were coming into my bar every day, I would want to get to know your name. I'd want to thank you. Heck, I might learn when your birthday is. And I might go ahead and, you know, give you a free pint on your birthday or something like that. And I think it's really that simple. It's just as we're in scaled marketing organizations, we kind of lose sight of the people sometimes. And you look at what are those key things and just figure out ways to say thank you. Like I said, whether that's a anniversary, a birthday, or just someone who's said something nice about you online. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X 
Co. Now there's the human side of this, which is, hey, appreciate your customers. You know, my tagline at the end of every podcast is my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy, saying thank you, providing that little piece of chocolate at the end of a meal. All great ways to make your customers feel good, but that also has costs associated with it. So talk to me about what the ROI is of that politeness and that generosity. It is true. There are some businesses out there that their approach is to figure out how little that they can spend on everything and everything's about whittling the dollar down. But even those businesses, I would say, understand that it's cheaper to go ahead and sell an existing customer to upsell, resell, cross-sell an existing customer. I feel like we all learned this somewhere in our marketing journeys, but somehow we forget it when we start looking at our budgets, right? For us, we see huge retention rates and upsell rates that exist in companies that have these positive behaviors. So for us, the ROI, it can be a straight math ROI. It'll be different per business. But generally speaking, saying thank you always brings back more than we end up seeing our customers spend on it. And that's the other thing I guess I should say. The chocolate you get at the end of that meal, the little thing you may have gotten as a free amuse-bouche for a meal, it doesn't actually have to cost a lot. It's not that you gave me a $500 gift card. It's that you gave me anything. It's that you rewarded me in any way. And that's what we find a lot of companies get really good at delivering that positive moment, and they don't have to drop a lot of cash on it. The term surprise and delight is something that I heard a ton sitting next to the product team when I was running marketing at a couple of startups. You always want to surprise and delight, surprise and delight. And that's actually really hard to do. Give me some examples of companies who are doing a great job of providing that surprise and delight moment. So we work with what I think most people would consider kind of a business standard kind of solution, but this is a company that helps fill temporary worker gigs. So you can think this is kind of like a closed Postmate type situation. And they have these people that are in there every day posting jobs for temporary workers to fill, marking if they were late, what was the review quality of the worker. These are not necessarily the most exciting actions they're trying to get, right? And they just started saying, hey, we're going to pick a threshold that if someone puts in a certain number of employee reviews in a month, we're going to send them a nice gift card and say, thanks for being an awesome administrator. Your company appreciates you. We appreciate you. And it's a really interesting opportunity to take what seems like a rather mundane task, but actually to the business is a really important behavior. They need these actions being done to drive the usage of their solution. And saying thanks to someone who is probably getting a rather thankless job of like, marking through the details of arrived, didn't arrive, five-star, four-star, those kind of things. It's interesting. From a marketing perspective, we think of the value of kindness, of niceness, of that surprise and delight moment. And what you said earlier was that, you know, that's what you see in essentially your retention rates and the way that you can evaluate this. You can run a test. What is the value of being nice to a subset of customers and see what their churn rate looks like over the next period of time? See what their retention rate is. See if the reorder value increases as well. I think just as a general marketing philosophy and life philosophy, it's kind to be kind. It's nice to be nice. When you think about the use of positive reinforcement, that's more than just saying thank you, but also when somebody exhibits a behavior that you like essentially noticing it. Talk to me about what positive reinforcement is as opposed to that surprise, here's a reward moment. One of the things that's really important that I think we kind of got to touch on first is that today, I think a lot of marketing departments are addicted to acquisition. So they're thinking, still think a lot of their job sits around that idea of how do I get more people to give us their information sign up? But I think when you actually get positive reinforcement, 
what we're trying to figure out is what are the key drivers of our business success? What are those things we need people to do? And that maybe what are the things that they're not doing? So we work with one company that has a very, maybe it's a bit of a small problem in its theory, but it's an amazingly big problem to their company. They do shipping. So this is like a company that helps put stuff in empty trucks going across the country. Now, it's really important to them that people put in the weight of the load they need shipped. So we've got this team that says, if we can get the weight of the load in there, that's going to go ahead and help us fill it in the right truck. We've got another team that says, we don't want to require that because it might have less people put loads into the system and then that could reduce our revenue. So that's a great opportunity. We have this action that most people don't do, but we want to teach them to do. And so we say, great, you go ahead. If you fill in the weight of your load, we're going to go ahead and give you a discount on your next load. And all of a sudden they start to see this action that was kind of whatever action, whenever they do it, they go ahead and they get that reinforcement. And this helps us build that habit loop where you go, you invest in that action, you're going to get your reward for it. And then the next time you go ahead and make that purchase, you're going to have that idea to trigger back and use that reward. So it's all about looking at what are those details? What are those behaviors we need people to do? And then how do I politely bring them to it instead of enforcing them in kind of a negative way to say, you can no longer put a shipment on the system unless you give us a weight. You bring me to my next point, which is positive reinforcement always sounds great, but negative reinforcement is actually an effective tool at times as well. Hey, sale is ending. If you don't take advantage now, you're going to miss out. You know, the keeping up with the Joneses, the fear of loss. Talk to me about basically choosing between positivity and negativity. And when is the right time to use which type of message? There is definitely a right time to use both types of messages. I think that the fear, uncertainty, doubt, or the negative reinforcement is a much easier tool for us to use. But it really comes down to that human psychology, right? We are risk adverse. And the upside has to be substantially bigger than the risk for us to do it. So when we want to use that negative reinforcement at a time when we really need to push someone to make a decision. So positive reinforcement is going to help us build those habits. It's going to keep us in that positive mood, keep us spending, keep us in those things. But that negative reinforcement, that's the kind of stuff we want to bring out when we have a really important thing we need you to not do. It's a gentle nudge in the right direction. And then it's a shove in the back to get you over the finish line. Right. And that's, you know, we are using both stick and carrot. That is definitely part of the mix. I just think it's easier to go with the stick. And after a while, the horse stops running. So we have to be a little careful that we don't continually go with the sale will end in 30 seconds. I mean, we've probably all been to some website where you show up and it amazingly has this counter that tells you you have seven hours and 32 minutes. And when you refresh the webpage, it's still seven hours and 32 minutes. So if we're going to use it, we got to really use it. Yeah, that's there for a reason. It must work on some people. Maybe it's just not us. Last thing I'll say today, for somebody who's an engineer posing as a marketer, you sure do know a lot about human psychology. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Will Fraser, co-founder and CEO of Sasquatch for joining us. In the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Will and I are going to talk about growth and loyalty loops. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Will, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is GetFraser, G-E-T-F-R-A-S-E-R, or you could visit his company's website, which is Sasquatch.com, S-A-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H.com.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.